Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Auburn is, of course, coming off of its bye week. They are getting set to host Arkansas this Saturday at 11 a.m. Central. That game is going to be on SEC Network. Seems like a pretty good opportunity for Auburn to get into the SEC win column in terms of what they have left on their schedule. Um, This and Texas A&M are kind of the games that you look at if you're Auburn thinking that these maybe have to be it if you're going to have any hope of of getting to a bowl game and you look at the success they've had against Arkansas recently. We'll get into all that of, over the course of the week, obviously, and, and preview that matchup. But we have brought in here our recruiting reporters, Christian Clemente and Jason Caldwell, to talk about the fact that this is Auburn getting back to recruiting at home and having having visitors back at home. Of course, it's been almost a month since this team has been at home. And then, of course, you had the bye week, and that's where I wanted to start to, to talk about y'all with y'all um, for a bit of a recruiting roundup with this team right now. Um, you know, we'll start with where you guys went. You guys were on the road um, on Thursday and Friday, seeing some of the the top guys in the state. Um, some of them committed to Auburn, some of them not. Um, Christian, I guess I'll just start with you. You know, in terms of in terms of where y'all were Thursday, it was the guys that the guys that Auburn wants really badly. Two of their two of their best targets, of course. Um, in in Quay Rousseau and James Smith, um, they they got themselves a region title. I know that we've you guys have seen them a lot and you've talked to them a lot, and you know you guys kind of know them pretty well. Um, just what did you see out of them in that game, and then what did they say afterwards about where their recruitments are right now? Yeah, look, I mean, anytime you see those kids, they instantly stick out in warmups on the field. It doesn't matter who they're playing against. I mean, Pike Road is a pretty solid team in terms of having some talented players. You know, you had Vice and Lane playing tackle, but you could see Quay Russo was just bigger and better at tackle. And Vice and Lane is like a three-star, four-star guy. Um, but Quay Russo was just a, a clear step above. Um, and James Smith, they kind of have him moving all around. He'll be a defensive tackle in college, um, but they've got him playing kind of even over at the edge opposite Quay Russo sometimes. So, look, when you see those guys play, it's easy to tell who the five stars on the field are. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it was those two that saved the day for Montgomery Carver on Thursday night. Uh, the defense needed a stop and Pike road. I want to say they were down. I can't remember the score. They were down a couple points and I think a field goal sent it to overtime. Um, it was 22, 19, maybe something like that. Um, and it was third down and James Smith blows through the line, bats down a pass, probably could have intercepted it, honestly. Um, and then on fourth down, they go for the field goal and Quay Rusa blows through the line and gets a hand on the kick and it shoots left and Montgomery Carver wins. So those kids are, I mean, they make such a big impact already. They will make an impact from day one at the college that they're at. Um, they're such low or high floor players to the point where when you get them in a college program, you can already count on them to be making an impact and their ceiling is through the roof as well. I mean, there's a reason they're both five stars. There's a reason every school in the country wants them. Um, you know, Auburn, to Auburn's credit, Auburn is still in it with them. Um, I mean, Alabama's probably the leader. Florida's making a big push. Georgia's still involved there. There, Georgia's coaches were there um, on Thursday as well. So, 
Um, but Auburn remains in the mix. They visited a few times already this year, and they're expected to be back this weekend um, as well for the Arkansas game. So, look, Auburn keeps getting them to campus. That that doesn't hurt them. What do you all make of, you know, if there's a potential coaching change at the end of this season, I guess, Jason, does that completely, you know, shoot Auburn's chances with these guys? No, I don't think so. Um, I think it depends on who you hire, um, when it happens. You know, these – yeah, I don't get the feeling, you know, these guys, I don't feel like they're going to commit until at a minimum the early signing period, and it may be February, um, you know, before these guys are done. They've kind of gone back and forth a little bit. So it's not like they're they're making the decision anytime soon. We Hey, we, it's, it's funny. We talked to several kids, and, and, and me and Christian got in the car Thursday night after that game and said, look, those guys could wind up at Auburn. Um, the right circumstance, I honestly think, uh, you know, that, that you know, new coaching staff, you know, it might give Auburn a bump. Who knows uh, with those guys? And so I don't think it would hurt. Um, yeah, but I don't think it is, it's a deal breaker. I don't think it's a deal breaker for really anybody on Auburn's commitment list at this point because we, we've talked to kids, you talk to – it's about Auburn, and it always has been. And it's about getting guys on campus, and they've been there a bunch, and, and meeting the people of Auburn. And that's more than just a coaching staff. That's everybody involved, you know, the, the players, everything. And so – that those are things that 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 Auburn sells well, no matter who the coach is, and and so you talk about kids, you know, from from this area coming in, yeah, I don't think it would be a deal breaker if there were to be a coaching change for really anybody on Auburn's recruiting board at this point. Then the next day, y'all were seeing a, a battle of a couple really talented running backs. Um, one of them, of course, was Jeremiah Cobb, that Montgomery Catholic, and the Auburn commitment. Um, and the other one is Jamarian Burnett, of course, at Andalusia. Um, he's in the next class, correct? He's, he's yes. a 24. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, Christian, what did you see out of those guys going going head-to-head in that game? And obviously, I know you've been really high on Cobb as 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 maybe being the best commitment Auburn has right now. He's certainly up there in that top group. Oh, yeah, no. I certainly think he's Auburn's best commit. I'll let Jason touch on Jeremiah Cobb because Jason's seen him a lot. Um, and I think what Jason wrote in his recruiting road trip um, story this morning kind of sums it up pretty well. But in terms of Jamari and Burnett, I mean – I could not have been more impressed. I didn't know necessarily what to expect too much. I know he's a relatively big kid, especially for running back. Um, we have him listed at like 6'1", 210. Um, and he, I mean, he's just a junior in high school, so I wasn't sure how he would run at that size, how he'd be able to get through the tackles, kind of what his footwork would be like. The first run of the game, he ripped off for like 40 or 50 yards going through the tackles, Um juking out a couple of defensive backs, working his way down the field, and then nearly trucking Jason and I on the sideline. And from seeing him running at you, that's not a guy that you want running at you. Um, This kid is massive. Jason and I said it. He looked like a mini Derrick Henry out there. He wears number two. He just looks so much bigger than the rest of the guys on the field, and that's at running back. So I think – I really think he can be an incredibly talented player. Um, And, you know, Auburn's in – pretty heavily with him right now. It's kind of Auburn, Alabama, and he said the Texas schools, Texas and Texas A&M for the most part. So uh, Auburn's in it there. He's in no rush to make a decision. But after watching him play, that's a kid that I would pursue pretty heavily if I were Auburn. Yeah, yeah, we, um, yeah no question. I mean, he's a, he's a big physical guy. You're right. I, we weren't really sure kind of what to expect. It's our first time seeing him in a game. And in, 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 in being on the sidelines and seeing guys live is, is completely different. And, yeah, that's kind of the thing for me and, and Jeremiah Cobb. I, I saw him the first game of his sophomore season uh, now, what, over two years ago. And 
you know, immediately then I said, I don't care if he's 175 pounds or not, which is he was about then. I was like, this kid can run. He knows how to play. Well, he's now about 195. And you look at the difference for him. The thing that stands out about Jeremiah Cobb is he's a complete football player. He has great hands. You could, you know, we talked to Jeremy Johnson, former Auburn quarterback, and he said, look, you could line that guy up at wide receiver. And they do. And, and his, you know, it's funny. We're listening to a couple of radio shows on the way back and, and they assumed that his you know, 200 yards receiving were on screen passes, and they weren't. They were not screen passes. He's catching the ball 40 yards down the field. That's what he does. And so, um, I think the probably the biggest thing that that stood out to me about him Friday night was his toughness. I mean, he was not 100 percent. Ankle was bothering. Not, you could tell. In not pre- even. Yeah, you could yeah. tell pregame he they had kind of an out route and he slipped and it was because of his ankle. And after the game, he told us he wasn't close to 100 percent. He said 90, and I still don't think it was 90, to be quite no. honest. Um, but, you know, he, he has 100, you know, almost 200 yards receiving. And then in the second half, Kayla McCreary, who's a, a very good 2024 quarterback from Montgomery Catholic, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but, man, he can spin it, and he's athletic. He can run, make play. He'll be a steal for somebody. There's no question about it. But he hurt his ankle as well. So they were – I, I, how serious it was after the game, they basically carried him through the handshake line, but he kept playing in the fourth quarter. All he could do was just turn the hand the ball off. So you're, you're, you're a quarterback who can't run turns and hands it off to your running back. Who's bothered by an ankle injury. And Cobb just kept getting first downs and he salted the game away with his toughness and ability to, to run through tackles. And he did a good job. And so really impressed by those guys, um, both of them, two different kinds of backs, um, you know, the, the big question now for Auburn is, you know, we got news on Tuesday morning that, that Georgia came through with an offer. We saw Dale McGee at the game Friday night, had a chance to, to catch up with him, a guy that known for a long time, um, you know, since his playing days at Auburn. And obviously when he shows up and, and there's a running back involved, it makes your, you know, antenna stand up a little bit. And, um, and then on Tuesday morning they offered um, – We'll see what that means for Jeremiah Cobb. He has visited there before. That's a place he's been, and, and you know, they've, they've been in contact. This had not offered to this point. Um, you know, what that means now moving forward is anybody's guess, but I think it's now a battle for Auburn. And um, they had held off Clemson. They had held off Tennessee and some of those schools. Georgia is going to be a tougher hold off, in my opinion, to see what happens now moving forward. Yeah, we've talked about it a couple times, but, again, on the subject of a, a- – possible coaching change again that's all that's all just speculation at this point but y'all have sort of mentioned Cobb as a guy that because of what Christian said you know he's near the top of the class and Christian says he's the he thinks is the best player in the class that that's probably going to be a guy that you're going to have a more difficult time relative to maybe some of the other guys in the class in terms of fending off either a decommitment or or, or other schools to kind of get in the mix because like y'all just mentioned Tennessee Clemson Georgia He's got he's got his share of options if, if Auburn decides to make a coaching change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's Auburn's biggest recruiting battle win this cycle so far, in my opinion, because you you truly did beat out a Tennessee. You truly did beat out a Clemson because they wanted him and they wanted him badly. Um, and now it'll be interesting to see. He only took three official visits um, in June and it was to those three schools. So maybe you wonder if he'll take one to Georgia. Um, Jason and I were at Cobb's first game this year. And there was buzz around Georgia kind of having some interest in Cobb then. So we've seen it now progress to an offer and it's going to be something Auburn's going to really need to hold on. I mean, kind of for dear life here. I mean, 
Georgia and some of these other programs can offer him a lot, a lot more at offensive line, a lot more recent production at running back and getting them to the NFL. But Auburn can offer him proximity to home. Um, he's developed a great relationship with Cadillac Williams. But, you know, what were to happen if a coaching change did occur and Cadillac Williams isn't here anymore? You know, we, we don't know because we don't know if a change will happen. And if a change were to happen, we don't know what would happen to Cadillac. So it, it'll be interesting to see. But Auburn's really going to have to hold on for dear life there because there's not a whole lot left at running back um, after Jeremiah Cobb. You know, Auburn was after Roderick Robinson, the UCLA commit, um, to pair him with Cobb, and Georgia flipped him. So now Georgia already has Roderick Robinson, and now they're looking to flip Jeremiah Cobb. So we'll kind of see what happens. Christian, this was such a good opportunity for this coaching staff over the over the course of the bye week to get on the road uh, as the staff that had you know come under some criticism for for how much they hadn't been on the road recruiting. I guess when you look you know relative to to the rest of the SEC, um, but that was a big focus for them. What were some of the big stops that that you were that you were looking at in terms of where these coaches were um, on the only obviously the only week of the season they didn't have to prepare for a game and they could they could focus on recruiting a little more. <laughs> Yeah, so Rock Bell and Tony, um, Auburn's South Florida area recruiter, really made the rounds down there, um, stopped at a bunch of their different schools that are so talented. Your St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, the former home of Camden Brown, where there's, and there's just a load of talent. Um, your Dillard, um, he went to Miami Central and my, Miami Columbus. Um, he also went to Shamanan Madonna, which is home to Edwin Joseph, who visited for the LSU game and was planning to come back for an official visit to Auburn as well. Um, and Zach Etheridge joined him for part of that trip, I believe, on Thursday, um, you know, to check out Edwin Joseph and to do some of those things. Um, and then it was Christian Robinson, the former Florida coach, who has ties to that area as well, um, who joined him on Friday for Miami Central, um, which is also home to Stan Quan Clark, um, the Louisville linebacker commit that Auburn is – seemingly kind of picking things up with a little bit. And obviously Ruben Bain, who's Auburn's one of their top targets on the board overall, not just at edge. Um, so you know, going down there to Florida is huge, huge for those guys. Rock Bell and Tony is a fantastic recruiter. And especially in that area, he's so tapped in there that he's got a lot of great connections and it's big for him. Um, on Friday night, they were definitely outside of that. You, you would really look at Auburn going to Langston Hughes. You know, they've made such a big priority out of that school, and they finally went and visited there, um, home of Auburn safety commit Terrence Love, and then home of Auburn targets, Bo Hughley, uh, Jelani Tank Thurman, Joshua Horton, 2024 quarterback Air Noland. Um, so they sent Brian Harson and Zach Etheridge, who's the area recruiter, um, and Terrence Love's position recruiter, obviously, um, there to watch Langston Hughes play, which – which is big. They, they needed to get over to that school and they did. So I think that's really important. Um, another big one, I think personally was sending Brad Bedell to Texas. Um, he went and kind of made the rounds over there a little bit. And then he finished the night um, on Friday by going to North Crowley and watching Vanderbilt tight end commit Kamari and Pimpton play. Um, they offered Pimpton three, four weeks ago now. Um, and I, I texted him on Monday and he's still planning an official visit. He doesn't have anything scheduled yet, but Bedell went out there to see him play, and I mean, he had five catches for 99 yards and three touchdowns. So, pretty impressive stuff. And then the last one was on Saturday. You know, Brian Harson and Will Friend went out to Kansas. Um, and there were some tweets. Well, why are they going to Kansas? 
well, it's home of the top Juco offensive line target, Keyshawn Blackstock. And if you want the offensive line to turn around and turn around quickly, you need guys like Keyshawn Blackstock who can step in and play right away because of the Juco experience that they have. So they went and watched him play. Um, I talked to him on Sunday and he was glad that he's a very mature kid. He was glad that they were there, but he says, you know, at the end of the day, I have a job to do. It doesn't matter if Oregon's there, Oklahoma was there. It doesn't matter if Auburn's there, whatever I got a job to do. And that's, you know, win the game and do my job at left tackle. So. It's only a kick. A jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, speaking of offensive line, uh, earlier this month, they got a pretty big commitment, Jason. It's Clay. Is it Clay Whedon or Clay Wedden? Whedon. From, uh, what'd you say, Christian? Yes, Whedon, Wedden. Gotcha. Carrollwood Day School in Tampa. Yes. A four-star composite offensive lineman. You like all of those words um, if you're Auburn, six foot six, 295. And I think the most encouraging thing, Jason, if you're an Auburn fan, is looking at the comments he made with y'all after his commitment saying, you know, that it was a lot more about Auburn than it is about the coaching staff. And I know, you know, it might be a little discouraging for us to have mentioned that so many times, but when it comes to recruiting, that's the name of the game right now Um, is like Jason mentioned earlier, committing to Auburn, committing to the school rather than a staff. It seems like they've, they've done a pretty good job of that here with him flipping. They completed the flip from Michigan state. And now you have an opportunity to, to have a really talented offensive lineman here, a big guy, guy with a lot of physical tools to uh, to pair with your other offensive line commitment, Braden Joyner in this class. Yeah, you know, you look at them, you know, Joris Wilson from from Lakeland, probably your your maybe your most ready guy to play on an offensive line group, and you know we'll see, you know, how many schools come after him. He's going to be a guy that I think is going to have, you know, much like these other guys, going to have to they're almost going to have to fend off some people. But Clay. Clay Whedon's a big physical kid. You're right. And I think probably more of an inside guy, probably more of a guard than a tackle on the next level, but uh, another physical presence. And that's, you know, I think that's important. And um, getting back to, to a little bit about the road trip, there was an, there's another interesting road trip too. Um, you know, Cadillac was in the Birmingham area um, during that week. And one of the schools was, was Parker that he visited. Khalifa Keith is a big, you know, bruising kind of running back from Parker that's committed to Kentucky at the moment, but some other schools have come in and offered, I think that's a guy that Auburn has kind of paid attention to. He, he came to, to camp this summer and was on campus, so they've seen him in person. And so that that may be a guy to keep in mind. And he's he's more of the Jamarian Burnett big guy. He's probably six foot, but he's probably 220. Um, he looks like a Kentucky running back. He looks like those guys, Chris Rodriguez and Cavassier Smoke and some of the guys they've had and, and a guy that plays for the Thunder and Herd there, Parker, um, in Birmingham. And so – <clears throat> that's a guy to just to kind of keep in mind um, at the running back position. 
maybe no matter what happens with Jeremiah Cobb, he may be a guy that they decide to go in on depending on how, how this season finishes. You know, they'll have a have a good chance to see what he, he's made of here in a couple of weeks. Parker um, will go to Clay Chalkville in the first round playoff game here in two weeks. That'd probably be a pretty good stop for myself and Christian in, in week one of the playoffs to see some of the guys on that field. So maybe an opportunity to see him in person here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, here on the Facebook comments, Donald Glass, how many offensive linemen? It's three. I've uh, uh, neglected to mention Janoris Wilson there from from Lakeland. So, yeah, the yeah. third third offensive lineman now. In- yeah, I got three committed from the high school ranks. Um, I, I would say no matter what happens, coaching change, no coaching change, no matter what happens, Auburn probably needs a minimum of seven guys in this class on the offensive line. And a combination of junior college, but you're going to have to have, I think, probably two transfer starters um, to come in on, on this team. I think it, it, you know, right now, as it stands, you know, if you get if you get junior college tackle, he'll have a chance to be a starter. But you're probably going to have to go see if you can find two starters at tackle, to be quite honest, for this team, potentially at center. Um, so you start talking about, I think, probably three transfers to throw in here with maybe at least one other high school guy uh, in this class um, or junior college edition. That's just where they are on the offensive line, and they got to have immediate presence on the offensive line to come in and play. You might find one of those guys from the high school ranks. It's hard to find very many of them, and and you know succeed and do things. You can. It's 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 not as rare as it used to be, but it's still pretty difficult. Yeah, obviously Zaire won't be here anymore. Troxel will not. Troxel's backup, who's been playing. Brennan Coffee also. Will be out of eligibility, um, and so Auburn, yeah, be looking for a lot of answers. Yeah, right now they don't have a tackle on the roster um, that is projected to be back that has ever taken a snap. Yep, in a college football game, that's that's not a good place to be. Yeah, and maybe maybe a guy, you know, Colby Smith has a lot of tools. Um, Garner Langlo has played some tackle in in practice. You know, maybe those guys take a step forward, and they obviously will have an opportunity to do so. But like like Jason mentioned, um, seems pretty likely, especially because you didn't add a transfer this last year along the offensive line and you're losing so many of those guys, it seems pretty likely that they'll have to do that um, as well. So now we'll look like we mentioned um, to this Saturday, Auburn's back home. They're going to have visitors again, of course, for the first time since the LSU game, Christian, what stands out to you about um, who might be on campus for, for this game, which 11 a.m. kick against Arkansas doesn't have the the pomp of a game like a, like a Penn state earlier in the year at the same time, it's still an sec game and Auburn obviously is glad to have visitors back on its campus again. Yeah, it's still an SEC game. And, you know, because they only have three home games left and one of them is Western Kentucky, they're going pretty heavy in terms of trying to get kids on campus. Uh, two of the biggest ones are going to be official visitors, and that's going to be Colton Hood, the Michigan State commit and an Auburn legacy. Um, and then Tyler Scott, the former Arkansas State commit out of Pebble Brook there in Georgia. That is a kid you would struggle to find anyone – um, rising through the ranks quicker than him. He's getting new offers every single day, and they're big offers. He got LSU in Michigan yesterday. Um, Auburn was one of the first schools to offer him kind of back when his recruit uh, – the way I would phrase it is his recruitment almost started all over again. Um, like there at the end of uh, July and August, kind of, he, he started to get a ton of new Power 5 offers, which when you're committed to Arkansas State, that's kind of a big deal. And now he has offers from just about every school in the country, Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Miami, USC, uh, LSU and Michigan joined on now. I think Oklahoma offered. He has everybody. 
but he's still taking an official visit to Auburn, which is, uh, I mean, just down the road. So it's kind of, it's significant to me that he's taking an official visit to Auburn. He visited Tennessee for the Tennessee-Alabama game, and he came out and publicly named Tennessee as leader. So it'll be interesting to see what he says after this weekend, if Auburn's able to make a move there or if he thinks Tennessee still leads, but that one's important. And then Colton Hood visiting is also going to be pretty important because that's an Auburn legacy where his uncle, his dad, his brother, and his cousin have all played at Auburn at least a little bit. Most people probably know his uncle, Roderick Hood, um, because he went on to have kind of the most success in the NFL um, and playing football the longest. But that's a kid who – he grew up watching Auburn. Um, when he first got offered, he told me that Auburn is the school he's wanted to go to since he was a little kid. Um, and then a month after he got offered, he ended up committing to Michigan State. I think Michigan State was pushing just a little bit harder for him and had been recruiting him longer. But you know, Zach Etheridge went to see him play um, recently, and I think Auburn's picked up interest a little bit there, and they'll bring him in for an official visit. So those two are definitely pretty big ones. Obviously, anytime you get Quay Russo and James Smith on campus, it's significant because you don't want to lay an egg in front of those guys. You want to put your best foot forward. Um, and Auburn kind of did lay an egg against Penn State, and they, they admitted it. They said, I- I'm, I'm disappointed by what I saw today. Um, but then they returned for LSU, and you know Auburn lost the game. But they said that they were impressed, and they were pleased more so by what they saw because it looked like Auburn actually fought and didn't just kind of roll over like it was in the disaster against Penn State. We've got one here we'll close out with, um, kind of on the subject we were talking about before. This is not necessarily a recruiting-only question, um, but it does kind of dip into the transfer portal. On Facebook, Scotty Boyd asks, how important do you think the transfer portal will be for Auburn to build a strong roster for the 2023 season? Is there any current players in the portal Auburn is looking at? I don't I don't, I don't, think we have any. Yeah, because there. you know, there's, there's a couple of guys that have said they're it's in not there. not many. Yeah. But this this thing is going to be a just a mad mad dash. Um, the port opens up, I believe, Christian. I'm right. The Monday after championship week is that right? I want to so say that, so. Yeah. So That's that like Monday. So yeah, yeah. So right there that that Monday, and then it's a 45 day window. It is wide open, free for all, wild wild west, everything you can imagine. So Auburn has to be prepared for that moment. That's when these. That's when kids will go in. That's when they'll start making decisions, making a few visits in December. Um, but you have to have a good idea of what you want, what you're looking for, some potential guys. You, have, you better have all those things ready to go uh, when that thing opens up on that day. And that's why it's important for Auburn to be stable, no matter what happens, as early as possible in December, whether that's, hey, we're sticking, we're moving forward, Brian Harson. Boom, let's go. Or there's a change, get somebody in place. Either way, you've got to be prepared if you're Auburn to go full speed into the portal. You can't you cannot build a team, in my opinion. You can build a season, maybe. We saw Michigan State do it. I've seen Ole Miss do it a little bit. Can't build a program through the portal. But Auburn's gonna to have to kind of bridge the gap in the portal this year to heading into 2023. Um, and in certain areas, we talked about offensive line, just as important, edge rusher. I mean, if if Echo Leota doesn't come back, which he's two, he's two years and he already had his degree before he got to Auburn, it'd be hard to imagine a third-year guy 
as a as a grad guy, um, especially if he comes back and tries to play at the end of the season, which I think is a possibility. Um, if you lose Echo Leo to Derek Hall, Marcus Bragg, I mean, no matter what, you you, you got to have some immediate help at, at at the edge position once again, and 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 dynamic help at the edge position. So, you look offensive line, two edge guys. You're already at probably five guys in the portal without going anywhere else. And so, yeah, it's going to be a big part of things for for you know the staff, no matter what the staff looks like. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you just got to be stable. Iron Bowl is November 26th, November 27th. You need to know what's happening because at that point you have less than a month until the early signing period kicks off on December 21st. So you need to know November 27th whether Brian Harson is the head coach for next year yep. or you need to have a new coach named November 27th. You need to get things rolling that Sunday. Yeah, and you know the reason we've been talking – and. Like you said, Christian, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that that next morning, that Sunday. Like you said, there needs to be there needs to be clear direction. And the reason that the reason that we keep mentioning it, obviously, you know, it's been talked about all season. Brian Harson's job speculation, but um it's not like Auburn has, you know, you you see it in years past. You saw it in years past with Gus Malzahn. Um, you know, them not having an AD in place, I think, hurts that, of course. But you've not seen the president come out and say, we're not going to make a change this season. We're supporting him. You see that all across the country. Even you know when Scott Frost was on a, a huge decline over the course of three years, Nebraska would come out. Obviously, it didn't happen this year because they made a change. But Nebraska would come out and say, "Y'all don't worry about it. We're not doing anything." You know, this is saying this is not you know an acceptable you know state for our football program right now. But we believe in you know whatever Coach Frost. And you saw that over and over again. You saw that in the Gus Malzahn era too. It's, it's been quiet from Auburn. And so all that we're left to think is that there's a good possibility there, there could be a change at the end of the season. And that's why it keeps being referenced is because we have no reason to think, to think otherwise. And so whether it's in the form of that, you know, saying absolutely, you know, they, they turn it around this season, you know, they're, they're keeping Brian Harson, or like Christian said, you make a decision immediately after that iron bowl and you get set up for recruiting. One of the biggest reasons being for this transfer portal. I think that's something that hasn't been talked about that much. Like y'all mentioned, there are a lot of guys who will stay in this boat because it's Auburn. It's, and like Jason said, you could maybe have an upgrade at, at a few, you know, depending on what you do with your staff, what you do with your assistant coaches. Um, but the transfer market is going to be such a big thing for this team. This is already a team we knew was going to be kind of depleted at a lot of spots. You look at next year's roster, Jason, you did the stories last week on what it could look like on offense and defense. It, it's, it's shaky in a lot of spots. So it's going to be so important for them um, to make sure, like Christian said, they've got a lot of clarity there once they get to the end of the season for recruiting um, and for the transfer portal as well so well if you if y'all don't uh if y'all don't have anything else y'all want to add i think that was a good one about a half hour of of a, of a recruiting roundup so um hope everybody enjoyed that hope our listeners enjoyed getting some recruiting talk of course there'll be a lot of coverage in that department from both christian and jason um this weekend as auburn welcomes visitors back to its campus jordan hare stadium of course for a morning kickoff against arkansas so appreciate everybody for listening today to this edition of the auburn undercover podcast Um, If you guys enjoyed it, go leave us a five-star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Um, Until the next show, we will catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you all soon.